This is Status Random with Sean, episode nine. And I have my husband here. It's his day off. And I was just going to pick his brain about some things that I deal with and just see what goes through his mind during it. As I've mentioned many times, I suffer from anxiety and panic disorder. The, the things that you should never say to someone with anxiety is calm down. It's all in your head. It's really not a big deal. Everything will be fine. I know how you feel. Have a drink, you'll feel better. Other people are suffering from much worse conditions. There has been a few times that my husband has said a couple of those things to me, but I wanted to know what goes through your brain when, or what you see on the outside when I go through one. Explain it a little bit. Do you see me change physically? Do no, you see, physically, no. um, you know, because I recently had something where I got new glasses, these new special performing mesh glasses. When I kept going back to the eye doctor and telling them I couldn't see, I felt drunk wearing them. And they're like, it's your prescription. Wear them for <clears throat> 10 days straight and see how you feel. Well, I got through one day. And then that night we noticed after my shower, my left pupil was enlarged and only my left pupil. So it was... My vision was very odd in there, but even for my husband to see my people enlarge panicked me even more knowing that somebody else could see it. So, of course, I went to the emergency room where they said I was having um, what's called unilateral episodic midasis or something like that, where it's like a migraine in your eye and it causes your pupil to enlarge. So then I followed up with my doctor who then confirmed that I need to go to a neurologist. So then you panic about all that and you wonder... Why does this keep happening to to me? So I just want to get a little insight from my husband what he sees on the outside when I tell him I'm having panic or I can't breathe or 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 chest pains or something that's going on. So you don't see anything physical change with me besides the symptoms that I I tell you about, you would never notice it at all. Honestly, not not really. I mean, seeing a panic, yes, that's there, but it's still like nothing is i'm not saying you like you have to have like a visible seizure or anything it's just <laughs> it's just tough to know okay is what is happening when i go through these panic attacks i imagine that everybody can see it on my face that they can see my labored breathing or my panic my fidgeting um so to me i feel like everybody can see it but again i guess people don't really see it i hold it in very well but um i started looking up some things that um, pertain to like being with somebody with anxiety and it says having a partner who struggles with anxiety or has an anxiety disorder can be difficult. Partners may find themselves in roles they don't want such as the compromiser, the protector, or the comforter. So what do you think about do you feel like you are a compromiser? You could be honest. I don't know that would be a compromise. I, it's hard because I think if you don't if you've never been through something like this um, but have you not? No, I have not. Oh. not. Not before you. I've never had to try to figure out what to do in a scenario like this. And I, I don't think there's any type of like training for this. Do you feel like you're the comforter? I know I'm not. And you're, even if I said I was, you would stop this <laughs> podcast right here and just <laughs> tell everybody to go home. The other thing I read was... Partners of loved ones with anxiety <clears throat> may find themselves angry, frustrated, sad, or disappointed that their dreams for what the relationship was going to be have been limited by anxiety. Do you feel like I limit you on things with having anxiety? 
I don't know. That's a weird. That's a weird question. I don't because I don't. I don't see what's limiting, but it is like whenever something's happening, like everything is stopping, and that's okay. I mean, that's supposed. That I feel like that's how it should be, but it's it's kind of challenging because you don't know what every time is different. I feel like like you don't know which what how to how to come to a solution anytime something happens depending how bad it's happening sorry sorry the dog is trying to jump off the bed he's stuck he's uh my spirit animal literally (laughs) trying to get out of the conversation oh stop um so the other thing was i read that you should educate yourself about anxiety like any partners family members so they can understand it a little bit better i um so i struggle with wanting everything to be perfect as far as like a clean house and my kids clean and their homework done at a specific time everything is a routine with me and I think that's where I struggle sometimes with marriage is if I fall off the routine and as well as he has his own routine too it puts me on the struggle bus does it put you on the struggle bus what the routine or you yeah routine? <laughs> routine period uh well I mean it's human nature to I think get into a pattern with things and uh with our lifestyles and work cycles i mean it's it's different you know like you said like getting the kids ready for school or you know me getting up earlier than everybody else to get to my job on time it's it's different especially when there's something a change to that even if it's for a day a difficult thing or yeah i mean any type of change is difficult, but you, you have to go through that process, you know, like a, for us, you did tell folks I'm military, right? Yeah. So for us military folks, they have the free, freezing and refreezing process where, you know, you make a ch- one little change to something and you have to just get used to it and, and press on. Not run around like a chicken with your head cut off. Well, you do for a little bit until you're settled in that change. It becomes a routine and it, it changes your routine to a new routine. Yeah. But routine, I don't think there's anything routine um, mm-hmm. But if something like an anxiety attack happens, it's obviously not routine. So. Well, then that brings me to the subject of how many people around the military or spouses have anxiety. It's got to be something correlating with routines because routines change. You guys leave. You guys come back. You know, one minute you're working 12-hour shifts or eight-hour days or, you know, nothing is set so it can put people in more of a panic anxiety because as a spouse, you have to become the mother and the father and hold all the weight as far as taking care of the kids and the house. And, you know, and I think that's why most spouses take control over finances and stuff, because it stays in routine. We're the thing that doesn't change routine. Having you guys leave messes with your routine. So then when you come back, we have it all still piled up on us because we're so used to doing it all of ourselves, you know? Yeah. But anyways, the things I wanted to talk about is a couple things that I read um, was one, educate yourself about anxiety. So if you are a spouse with someone or a boyfriend or something with somebody that has anxiety, the number one thing is to educate yourself. It's not all in our head. There are real symptoms. Your body is really doing these things. My biggest thing was always internal shakes, especially sleeping would wake me up out of a dead sleep. Internal shakes. You can't see the shaking, but you can feel it on the inside. The other thing is avoid accommodating your partner's anxiety. I don't agree with that at all. I think if you're going to be there as a comforter and supporter, you should accommodate your partner with their anxiety. You should make them feel at ease. Know the breathing techniques. Know the EFT tapping. Know the stuff that your partner should be doing to help ease their mind. 
So by accommodating, don't accommodate? I think they're saying is don't play the superhero. Like, you can't make it better. You just have to be there. It literally says right there, playing the part as a superhero. Intentional. Whether it's intentional to be a part of a superhero. So there's... Yeah. Because your partner's anxious about driving, don't accommodate them by you driving. You see what I'm saying? Because then they're not dealing with their root problem. And we deal with that all the time because... I let my I used to never let my husband drive, ever. And now I'm like, you can drive, you can drive, you can drive. Because one incident so- happened when I was driving, and it panicked me. But now, I I'm starting to drive more and more and more. I still haven't taken any road trips yet. No, uh, I used to when we lived in Germany. I'm still doing that. <laughs> and I that's a man's am- job. I feel like that's your spouse's job. You get uh, your beef jerky and your energy drink and you drive. I don't, I don't do the energy drinks anymore. No, I know. Those are really bad for you. I but do love my coffee, though. See? That's your new energy drink. Set boundaries. Your partner might continue asking for accommodations such as having you drive everywhere or regularly stay at home with them. I don't do that. What? Have you stay home with me all the time. In fact, sometimes I'm like, how many days are you off of work? Don't you have to do something? I think we just went through that just before this podcast. Yeah. You uh, you have the right to have a life, too. And this may mean telling your partner on occasion and in a loving way that you are going to do what you want and need to do. Wait, are we still but, talking about anxiety or just life in general? No. Oh, but okay. there has to be a teamwork when it comes to the kids because I want my kids to grow up knowing what teamwork was. Because growing up for me, my dad did all the manly things, the washing the car, the mowing the grass, all these things so early in the morning. And my mom cooked and all that, which I'm not saying that's how it has to be. But there has to be 100% from each person to build a household. Somebody can't carry all the weight all the time because then you become the punching bag of stress and anxiety and to the other person. You know what I mean? Um, The other thing is relax together. Okay, this is a tough one for me because I hate sitting down. I even stand up while eating. Do I not? Right. I mean, I do too. It's not a big deal. But because we have this big counter with a bar thingy, like where the kids sit and then we stand. Like even watching a movie, I'm like, "Uh, I got to go up and get laundry. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. You know, when it's quiet, you think of all these things you could be doing. Do you not think that kind of activates your anxiety? I feel like it does. Oh, times a thousand. Yeah. 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 But I've always been that way. Like that's my dad in me. That man could be with the flu and still fixing something, doing something. And I know that's a good inspiration. It's a great inspiration. Your father is an awesome person. You know, I think you have to... If, and this is my opinion. Just make your own identity. Maybe that's what will help. But I fully believe that the way my dad made me growing up was to never rely on a man and always have your own worth. So I can fix a toaster. I can do this and that. And sometimes that's hard in marriage because I don't let my husband try to do those things because I feel like he can't do it like I can, which is a horrible way to think. I feel like it molded me into who I am today. I'm a very independent person. Um, I never would ask for help, but now I'm starting to ask for help or giving the size of like, are you going to help me? So I need to work on, you know, how I ask for help. But I also think that husbands or spouses tend to not know when to jump in or, or know when to ask if you need help. But I wanted to read down a couple of things. Um, Some of the symptoms of anxiety, and there is thousands and thousands, so it's not set to these. Uh, Perspiration, 
tremors, shortness of breath, chest pain, irritability, dizziness, nausea, insomnia, rapid heart rate, separation anxiety. I don't think I have that. Um, no, no offense to you. <laughs> Fatigue, difficulty concentrating, palpitations, restlessness, panic attacks, panic, worry, flashbacks. I don't think I have that. Weakness and compulsive disorder. But you said symptoms. I mean, it could be anybody. So it could be, but my symptoms are different. Like muscle fatigue and twitches and and all these things. Because the worst thing in the world is I don't want my kids to have anxiety. They already show signs of it. You know, stomach aches before school. The fact that they just don't. Uh, No, it's something to not. I'm I'm different. I'm more carefree. We, We go through this all the time. Uh, at least I try to be carefree. I, yeah, you don't seem to worry about very much. I don't, because why? Why? Why overstress yourself? There's always some. There's already so many stressors in life that if something is not that serious, although people can take things in different levels. I think of serious level, yeah. Uh, which I get, but I don't try to think like things are that serious unless something like like life or death. Obviously, that's that's different. I think that's just my outlook. I have a different outlook on things. I do try to stay calm in certain scenarios, but sometimes uh, I can say, what, what was that thing with the superhero thing or whatever? Mm-hmm. There are times where it's like, all right, this is happening. Let's do this now. But sometimes that's not what you need the to right hear. reaction. Yeah. yeah. So Or the size. It's, 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 it's <sighs> no, and honestly, that's not, I, I, I think my wife likes to think that I sigh about everything. I'll tell you what, his face and his sister will back me up on this. His face says everything. Everything without even saying a word. Your face, like right now, his nose is flaring. <laughs> if he lies, his nose flares I'm and not, his mouth doesn't but open. But I'm not even saying anything. Exactly, it's your it's your subconscious doing it for you. No, oh, because I'm sitting in a <laughs> scenario talking on a podcast about anxiety right now. Different strokes for different folks. When when you have these scenarios of of your spouse or your loved one having anxiety what would be the word here not attacks i don't want to use the word attacks i feel like that's extreme but anxiety episodes of of, of some sort it, it try to do what works for you nothing is going to be perfect nothing is going to be the same thing every time so i'd say just work around that i don't that's so the best i guess advice i could give. if you have other advice what would you do if you wake up in the middle of the night with internal tremors just go back to bed me personally yeah probably now, what would you do if you had a seriously bad chest pain that radiated down to your left arm? I don't know. I don't know because I haven't had that. No, I'm asking so you, if you were the one suffering from anxiety, what would you do in those situations? I probably would say, hey, I'm getting a pain down my arm. Like, I don't know. See, and I'm different. The thing about me is anytime I go through these panic attacks, I feel like I'm dying in that moment. So I need to tell him, here's my symptoms if I do die. And then whenever they do the autopsy, they'll know pretty quickly what's wrong with me. Right, but that's so morbid. It is morbid, but that's how you think in a panic attack. There's no rational thinking. Your your exact thinking is fight or flight. Get out of the situation. And so now when you have that fight or flight in a situation, say going to the grocery store, you constantly have that fight or flight because your mind remembers what happened there. It doesn't matter how long ago it was. It knows this situation like a bear coming after you. Yeah, that's the that's what they, they say. Fight or flight is like you're standing there in front of a lion or a bear. And what do you do? Your body tenses up. No, you play dead. You don't play dead. <laughs> <laughs> your first scenario would be to tighten up your muscles. You go numb and you run. 
And that's exactly what happens. But there's days where the left side of my face is completely numb. But I can still feel the sensation. It's very weird. It's hypersensitivity. It's very strange. I have nothing. Oh. I don't know. So with millions of these symptoms, you feel like it's never ending. So you never get a full rest. You never get this adequate sleep, you know, you, you, but there's good days and there's bad days. So there's days where I wake up completely fine after only four hours of sleep. And there's some days where I'll get an ocular migraine after four hours of sleep. You know, it, it, there's nothing that triggers it minus any situation that's happened outside of the home and something has happened before your mind just goes right back into that, that mood of what's, you know, what has happened before. But I'm working on it. I'm a lot better than I used to be, I believe. A lot better. I fully think that if you get to the root cause of why you're having anxiety, whether it's childhood trauma or whatever, I think that you will have a better way of coping. I mean, even cognitive behavioral therapy or CBT can help you. There's lots of YouTube videos with this one girl. Um, she's from Australia, I believe. Her stuff is amazing if you go through it. I have not had the chance to do all of it, but there's resources out there, especially military people. You can go to, um, what's called MFLAC? I think it's MFLAC Life. What is it? Family Life Counselor? Yeah. Or you have uh, the chaplains, anybody you can go and talk to. Sometimes it's not best talking to family because if they don't suffer with it, then they don't really know how to make you feel better. But I'm ending this podcast. Thank you for listening. This is episode nine um, for Status Random. Until next time.